What's going on, guys? Your host with the most, Jordan Kime, in the building. I'm here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. What's going on, Straight Talk Wrestling fans? What's going on is this. We got another amazing, great, up-and-coming Canadian talent in the Straight Talk studios today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Kobe Durst. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> good afternoon, good evening, good, good, good night. night. Yes. <laughs> So, Kobe, thank you so much for coming to us and taking the time out to sit down with us today. Oh, Thanks thank for you. being here, man. Yeah. So, I guess the first question we always ask everybody, standard question, everyone has that defining moment of when they fall in love or when they fell in love with wrestling. What would you say is your defining moment? Um, I guess my defining moment of like falling in love with it, it would have started with video games when I was a kid. Like, um, I wasn't allowed to watch it because I would do it to my friends. Um, yeah, so I definitely remember playing the, the video games, and then I guess when I really decided that I that I wanted to, to be a wrestler would have been um, probably around the time um, I, I was a really big fan of uh, Miz and Morrison and, and their tag team. Um, and I'm a Miz guy too. So yeah, sure. Awesome. Absolutely. So they, they were doing their... Um, they, they had the Dirt Sheet like talk show on like the ECW at the time, and I think I was 13. And I said, yeah, this is what... Because I was finally allowed to watch wrestling because I was in high school. And that was... You're a little bit more mature. I, that's right. I was old enough, but not so mature that I didn't still do it to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it was around that time. Nice. And you, would you say you have a... Um, is there a match that sticks out to you, like a favorite match of yours? Even a, a top five that you kind of resonate with? Yeah. Um, I guess that the... the um, which mania was it? The uh, the triangle triple threat ladder match, uh, Hardy's Dudley's Edge and Christian. Oh, uh, WrestleMania uh, two thousand. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That's the that was the match that for me just like blew my mind. Is this is what I want to do? And then that's pretty much what I do now. And well, we've seen we've seen what you we've seen what you can do with yeah. the ladder. So we know that 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 match resonates perfectly with you. So we know that you were trained by a guy whose name we've heard a lot on the show. Uh, one of your trainers was Rob Fuego. Sure, yeah. Squared Circle, right? Absolutely. So how did you, like, once you decided that wrestling was going to be something you wanted to do, what were the steps you took? Did you contact him? Did you just go in? Did you research which facilities were the best? Well, yeah, so um, when you're in grade 10, they make you take um, civics and careers. Um, so the first half of the semester, you take civics. And the second half of the semester, you take careers. Um, and my careers teacher made me um, look up wrestling schools because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I just said I wanted to be a wrestler. Um, so I looked up wrestling schools, um, and amongst, um, like, uh, I think OVW in, um, Louisville, and, like, um, I think I looked up, like, WWA4, um, and then there just happened to be Squared Circle Wrestling that was in Toronto, um, and they were doing, like, um, a, uh, like a, a free weekend, um, was the promotion, and actually, that weekend, um, John Greed and, um, Gabriel Fuerza also went, like, for the first time that weekend. So we all kind of started that, that weekend together. Um, but I managed to convince my mom to drive three hours to Toronto to, to let me try this wrestling app. And then when I was really good at it, I'd never really been super good at anything before. Um, she just kept driving me every weekend. Awesome. So you right away from the get-go, you kind of have that parental, that family support structure. Huge, huge, yeah. And do they, they still support you very fluently today now? Definitely. Um, like, Is your mom happy when you do the things you do with ladders? Or? No, she, <laughs> she knows how important it is to me that, that I'm 
kind of being myself in the ring and getting out there um, and performing kind of true to myself. She she understands that that I am very passionate about how I want to be perceived and and the ways that I want to perform in the ring. Um, so she can support that. She can support that, but she still has those cringe mammy cringe worthy mom moments where she's like, oh my god. Definitely, definitely. But um, I mean, knock on wood. In terms of injuries in my career, I've only ever broken my fingers. Like I've never had that big. Oh my goodness, Kobe's hurt. Like nothing that puts you on the shelf for a long period of time. No, six weeks tops. You seem like you really take your time when it comes to all of the the, the different. When it comes to a really super high spot that you're doing in the match, or something that's really gonna that's gonna take that match to the next level. Something that you picture in your mind that it's really like you take that time to make sure that it's done right and it's done safe. Yeah, well, like, so, so from the time that I, like, first stepped foot in a ring, like, I've been wrestling for eight years now, um, and, like, practicing the different stunts and, like, painting the, the pictures in my head of, like, what I, the, the giant moves that I want to perform, um, and kind of thinking out ways to do it safely, ways that I'm gonna, um, not, not only, like, like, pull from the past, like, doing the pile driver off the apron, like, Terry Funk, like, that's very cool. Uh, but also like coming up with new things, like uh, doing a pile driver down the stairs, and how to how to perform that safely, um, and and create those uh, those moments for an audience. And the moments are what what means the most to you, I guess, as a performer, right? Because to get that, like as we talked before, we went on the before we went on the air, we talked about those holy, if you were holy shit moments, and to create those in in a, a venue of of a whole bunch of screaming fans that are just so into it. The moment that we're speaking of to enlighten all our fans is at the Destiny 5th Anniversary Show, which we did an episode a while back, kind of reminiscing about that show, was the six-man ladder match that we had for Mr. Destiny, I guess the guy that was going to hold the contract. Yes. And you and the eventual winner, Channing Decker, were on a tug-of-war kind of situation on the ladder, mm-hmm. and then you, you know, you, you piled, I believe it was a pile driver, right? Through the, through the ladder, or? Yeah, so we did the pile driver through the ladder, and later on, um, we were top of the scaffolding, and he gave me the Death Valley driver off the scaffolding, um, almost Directly through the table. Directly into the ladder on the other side of the ring. No, no, the, um, it was, uh, there was, like, a table, um, there's, like, a really cool, um, this probably isn't the best for, like, a podcast, but it, it was, like, a... It was the most popular video that I ever posted on my Instagram. So well, was... people get to see it on film after that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll definitely, we'll definitely. This was sh- the uh, this was the big spot. That, that was the big spot. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So Decker's at the top, and boom. So yes. Well, yeah, the Death Valley right. Right onto Evan Wright. Yeah. <laughs> and like hit the corner that basically hit like the corner of the table. Yeah, we hit the corner of the table, and honestly, we hit enough of the table that my fall was was fine, and he cradled my head, and everything was it, it was totally safe. Um, but again, a holy shit moment nonetheless. But it's definitely a holy shit moment. And um, people will, everybody has their own opinions on wrestling. I believe that wrestling in 2019, there is so much, there's so much just forms of entertainment. Forget wrestling. Um, people don't have a lot of time. Like, people are busy, people are working. Um, so if, if they're going to come out to a live performance, or if they're going to like take the time and sit there and watch you wrestle... That's amazing. But you you want to build your match and you want to have those amazing moments. Um, but you also want to be able to just capture those moments for you know your casual fan and just be like, hey guys, like this is what you missed. Um, come out to the next one. Come out to the next one. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and if people could just see those, like you know, a thirty second screenshot of this is what we're doing with wrestling today. Um, I think that's amazing. 
Yeah, you and you'll definitely get. I mean, if a hundred people see it or a thousand people see it, you'll definitely get at least ten or fifteen to come out to the next show. Of course, yeah, um, and they're going to share it. Um, they're and, and maybe you're going to create a couple new fans. And that's great because this is a business where it's flourishing. And as we've been kind of educating our fan base, because we've got a lot of fans in Ontario, but we also have fans in the U.S. And we've been educating them on the great scene that's here. Yeah. A scene that a lot of people don't really know is here other than us. It's kind of like a well-kept secret and we hate sharing it with the world. Yeah. But we want to. We want to show everybody that, listen, I mean, I guess I get all of you all of you Americans, you're in your WWE bubble and you think this is the greatest thing and NXT is the greatest thing, which I'm a big advocate of NXT. I love, I love the, the show and what they're doing. But when we went to, I mean, my first indie show was a Destiny show. We went and Steve and I were hooked. We got to see Josh, Loki, and Aiden Prince in a triple threat match to find out who was going to be the interim Destiny Wrestling Champion. That was literally my first indie show. And I remember our car ride home. Steve and I were just shooting the shit about the event and how great it was. And we were like, man, we really got to start educating what we have here because it's such a great such a great program, such great athleticism, such great characters, such great wrestlers, that we got to start sharing these with the world. But then I looked at him and I said, it's a pain to have to share it with the world because I want to keep it to myself. It's like finding out about a new band and you love it and you don't want to tell anybody about it at all. You want to, sure. keep, it, you want to keep it yours, right? Yeah, you discovered them. So you don't yeah. want to, you I discovered them, so I don't want to share with anybody. I don't anybody. want to share with anybody. It's me. It's all yeah, me. It but so, still, everybody needs, you guys need fans. So that's where we come in and that's where we more, that's why we want to keep bringing in more, more Destiny and want to keep bringing in, well, really more independent because it's just gotten to a point really with storytelling where I feel like they're the best stories, where I feel like this is the best story that's really going on right now because it's, it's when you're, when you're going out there, you're trying to create those moments and it's like, there's a lot of people who have already established those moments and it's, it's totally different for, it's like the difference between playing in the NBA and playing in the NCAA and when you're watching NCAA, it's like this, this totally different group of, of pride that's really going on that you got, you're wearing your heart on your sleeve for every single thing that you're out there doing. So it's really one of those things where it's like, we have to tell more people, we have to get this out here to more people. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause there's definitely, um, we we haven't made it yet at Destiny. Well, a lot of us haven't made it yet at Destiny. So we're we're just trying to we're doing everything we can just to get a little bit of um, notoriety, someone to, to pay attention to us. Yeah. Oh, you will for sure. I guarantee you, your star, much like Aiden Prince's star, is going to rise and it's going to grow. So that's for sure. Definitely. But in terms of your training, so when you stepped in and your mom was driving you every weekend to go back to that, yeah. What were the things that you wanted to focus on the most? Because you you kind of made it seem like when you stepped in that ring, it was home, it was comfortable, you were natural, yeah. it was all there. But you had to learn the basics. Absolutely. But not everybody can learn everything right off the hop. So what was the one thing, I guess you would say, that kind of took you the longest to master? But now that you mastered it, you're like, this was, you know, it was one of those like Tiger Woods fist pumps. Like, yes, like finally I nailed it. What was the one thing that you really wanted to make sure was completely polished when you stepped in the ring. What, when it came to the moves, everything was easy. I could do everything the first try. Um, the, the, like, uh, it, it was really kind of amazing to me. Like, I had never just learned something so easily. Um, but when you're 15 years old, you don't really know who you are. You don't know who you are as a person. You're, you're shy. You're scared. You don't... Um, you know, you're kind of awkward with people. You're, um, and, and honestly, even now, um, like if, if you talk to anybody like in the locker room or other wrestlers, they're gonna tell you I'm a little bit of a weirdo. Um, so you can only imagine how I how I felt when I was 15 years old, and especially because everybody around me was, was a lot older, like these 25 year olds learning how to wrestle. Um, so I would say that it took a like uh, before it was Kobe Durst. I used to wrestle as like Marty Michaels. Like, Shot Marty. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, I don't know. 
And uh, that was a that was a gimmick that was given to me um, by um, Harley Davidson, who ran a promotion in Kingston, Ontario. Um, it was a small little promotion that um, they only drew they drew like probably eighty to a hundred people, and they ran monthly shows. Um, Ontario Championship Wrestling was what they were called. Um, but they let me um, perform as a sixteen-year-old in front of actual people, uh, and I could kind of grow as a person and develop. Uh, and honestly, just through like growing and, and kind of maturing and becoming a man um, and finding yourself as a person, that's kind of what made the difference with wrestling. So would you say that wrestling kind of helped shape the man you are now? Yeah, wrestling, everything that I do, like wrestling has, has shaped my life. Um, the job that I have, like, um, is like I, the only reason I have the job that I have is because it's Monday to Thursday so that I can do wrestling. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, the the people that I meet, the friends that I have, like everybody I've I've met through wrestling, or I've made these connections because of wrestling, or, or something like like it really it changed my whole life. Right on, that's cool. The positivity vibe, I, I can dig that. Yeah. So, um, in terms of all the other promotions you're hooked up with, we know you're 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 just you're getting in with Destiny, but we also know you've you've held some titles. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe a uh, a one or Alpha One. You, yeah. Alpha. You held. What was the title you held there? Uh, so I'm the current Alpha Male Champion. Oh, you're the current Alpha Male Champion. Yes, sir. So, so what was the first title that you won? Was that the first like big title that you won, or? Um, no, so the first big title I won was actually, um, it was the Alpha uh, One Zero Gravity Championship. Right, that's the one I read up online. So yeah. it said, it mentioned the Zero Gravity, but it did not mention the other one. So I guess it's not updated 100%. Okay. So Zero Gravity, so what what's the difference between that and the actual Alpha One Champion? So the Zero Gravity Championship um, was kind of brought in for, it almost like a Alpha One's X Division. Um, okay. You know, kind of the high flyers, the, the up and covers. Um, so um, originally, I think I I think I originally beat Ricky Shane Page for that, um, and then me and Heidi Loveless had a big feud for the belt that eventually led to her and I um, for the Alpha Male Championship, maybe like a year or so later. Um, but yeah, so um, and at Alpha One, like I've so I'm a three-time Alpha Male Champion at uh, C4 Wrestling. Um, uh, I was the underground champion before I became the C4 heavyweight champion, and I held both like at the same time for a little bit. Nice. Uh, yeah, and then like I lost the underground championship. Like um, it was kind of strange. They and the underground like champion that. is similar to the similar to the zero ground. Yeah, right? similar it's the, kind of it's idea. The up and comers. It's kind of like an intercontinental championship, if you will. Yeah. It's that workhorse championship you got to get to before you get to the big dog. Championship, it's exactly right. And and honestly, my um, for me when I when I was. Um, starting to travel when I was like 17 years old to, to different shows and started performing. I really wanted to perform on Alpha One Wrestling and I really wanted to perform on C4 Wrestling because at the time, um, they were the two um, big promotions in Ontario. They, and I, honestly, they still are um, two of the biggest promotions in Ontario. Um, and they both um, they both um, aired their... Um, they were both sold on Smartmark. Um, okay. and, and right now, they're both, uh, they both get uploaded to independentwrestling.tv. Okay, perfect. Right? So you're going to get a... a much larger um, audience. You're gonna get people from America are gonna be watching you. Like and and the the vibes of those two shows for me are, are very incredible. And the um, the rise of both companies was very similar. Like I, at Alpha One, I won the Zero Gravity and eventually lost it, and then I won that Alpha Male. Um, and same with uh, C Four Wrestling. So I won the um, Underground Championship, and then I held them both, and then I lost the Underground Championship, but kept but kept the C Four Championship for a bit. And then um, I think on the twenty fourth 
it is um, the 23rd. The 23rd is the C4 show. I'm facing Josh for the C4 belt again. That should be a good match. Yeah, so that'll be very exciting. Josh and I, I think that's got to be like our 10th match. So you and Josh, you got a, you got a healthy... You got that healthy dance partner. I know what you can do. You know what I can do. Well, Let's over, tear the house down. Well right? over three hours in the ring in front of audiences together. Nice. Yeah, yeah I would imagine you guys have one hell of a chemistry at this point. Yeah, at this point, um, it, it just flows with him. That's one and, hell of a dance partner to yeah, have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I, I'm almost like, um, I'll tell people, like it's almost like cheating because I'm... I'm able to learn so much so quickly from from some of these guys. Right. So you're kind of getting you're kind of getting to pick brains as you grow and as you as you work with these guys in the ring on a consistent basis, right? Yeah. There's some stuff that you can't learn in training. You have to learn it in front of an audience. You have to learn it on the road. Yeah. yeah. And do you have anybody that uh, that really like much? I, I would imagine Josh is probably one of them that yeah. that kind of take you under your under their wing and kind of show you the and, and show you the ropes in the beginning and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, Josh is one of them, but um Ethan Page is the main guy who's really kind of took me under his wing and said, "Hey, you know what? If you uh, I see that you're working hard um and and I you know what? Honestly, your your hard work um you're, you're you're doing it wrong. Let me show you how to do it. Basically, right nice. um, no, but that's huge. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna huge, give you a little man. bit of structure here, and it's gonna you're gonna go so much further. That's now. awesome because yeah. there's nobody I find that that's kind of a tactic that most people don't go by anymore. That's that's a thing that just doesn't really happen. It's much a very anymore. old school mentality. Yeah, yeah where you, you take the young guy and you say, "Hey, th- we're gonna learn the ropes." And that's amazing that you have that, man. Super cool. Yeah. So if there's anybody right now on the indie circuit that you maybe haven't tangled with in the ring, who would you like to get into the ring with? Not maybe, definitely not as a partner, I'm talking, who would you yeah, want yeah. staring across from you at the ring and being like, it's go time? Yeah, you know what? I haven't faced Mike Bailey yet. And to me, he's he, if, if we're talking like top Canadian wrestlers, I'd like to hope that, I, that I'm in the, in the list, and I know that he's in the list. Um, so I've, I've never torn it up with uh, Mike Bailey. Um... You know, I've I've always wanted to, I I I want to face David Arquette. <laughs> yeah, that would be great, dude. Yeah, it would be fantastic. <laughs> I think. Um, Apparently, he's having a blast out there. Yeah, right he's now. having so much fun, and I and I really want a piece of it. <laughs> um, yeah, so Mike Bailey, I'd want to face David Arquette. Who else would I want to face? Um, I think Ethan Page has dibs, but I heard the Green Rangers coming. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um, I can see you tearing up the Green Rangers. I think that'd be yeah. a decent match. Yeah, man. You know, I really, I, I would love to just face celebrities one day. I'd love to get to a, to a point where I just like celebrity, celebrity death match. But yeah, you know, you have the upper hand really in some cases. That's right. Yeah, definitely yeah. against David Arquette. You have the, you could probably beat him one hand behind your back with an eye patch. Yeah, and you know what? That, that'd be a cool stipulation. Right? <laughs> yeah. Behind your back, eye patch match. <laughs> <laughs> and add a ladder to it because we know you're home with a ladder. You oh, of course, come, yeah. You gotta add a ladder to <laughs> That's it. That's right. That's a and you could you ladder. could lift you could lift him with one arm. I mean, wow. he's like 110 pounds, dripping wet. Yeah. Right. And I want to say eight of those pounds are his receding hairline. I, well, I will say that I, I think that he's pretty tall. <laughs> he's tall and lanky. He's definitely tall. Yes. <laughs> so in in terms of going back to I guess the structure of like learning the ropes and, and learning from Ethan Page, learning from Josh and all that stuff. Is there, um, has there ever, ever been a, a moment where you've wrestled someone maybe for the first time and you may have discussed something beforehand, not to give anything away, you don't got to mention names, sure. but you've wrestled beforehand and um, a moment that you discussed within that match beforehand didn't go the right way 
And it might have been a little bit your fault, might have been a little bit their fault, but when you got back behind the curtain, they kind of put the onus all on you. Has nothing like that ever happened where it was like, hey, we discussed it beforehand, you didn't execute properly, you screwed them. Like anything like that ever happened where a wrestler you've tangled with in the ring has kind of said, it was your fault, but really, honestly and truly, if you go back and you watch the tape, you both share the blame. Or maybe he shares the blame. Sure. Um, yeah, there, there's always sometimes little things where, ah, oh, man, like, you, you should have waited a little bit longer on this spot, or, ah, oh, you, um... <laughs> Honestly, that's usually, ah, oh, man, you, you rushed a little bit, you, you gotta slow down. Um, in, in terms of, um, messed up spots, the, the only one that I can really think of was, um, I was wrestling in Montreal, and the... We had a, we, we were supposed to do like a superplex to the table. The table didn't break, so I hit it and it just kind of fell. Mm. Um, and the way the superplex was was the wrestler was like on the top rope, and he and the idea was I was gonna go through the table. He was gonna sit up, turn around, big leg drop on the broken table. Um, so when the table didn't break, um, what actually happened was I stayed down. There was a long awkward pause. He came over, kind of picked the table up. We did like an awkward thing. Um, he tried to get me to, like, spear him through the table, which, I mean, the table already didn't break, and it wasn't going to break from, you know, totally, totally from Kobe trying to break. it. No, we, like, we got to break this table, let's figure it out, come on. <laughs> yeah, so, and then when it didn't break, um, I, like, I kept telling him, hey, man, I'm going to give you a pile driver, hey, man, I'm going to give you a pile driver, like, because that's, that's what I do, I pile drive people through tables. Um, did anyone and, scream, I am the table, while you guys were yeah, doing that? No, because it was a bunch of y'all, they might that's epic. That is yeah. epic. Uh, so the ta- this table, this table's kicking both your asses. Yeah, so this table's not gonna break, oh, and man. I know I can break it. And, and what my opponent did was he said, "Nope," and he folds the table up and threw it into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> So, so this match, this match officially sucks. Then <laughs> what an anticlimax! And honestly, everything else in the match was perfect. And I love the guy who's wrestling. I love yeah. everything. In hindsight, what I should have did was I should have just grabbed him off the top rope and piled right to Like I should have just should have just gone with your guts. I should have just did it. Yeah. Should have um, just gone with your guts. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely one. If you could go back in time, you would definitely. Take another yeah, that, that one's one that, that kind of irks me. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it grinds your gears, if you will, just Peter Griffin style. Roman, I'm just thinking of like how loud that Roman Reigns boo was when the guy threw the table Ooh. back under the under the ring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he all the energy the he spent from and he got rid of it. Yeah, and all, <laughs> all the energy spent to put it back underneath the ring. <laughs> so, in in terms of um, growing as a wrestler and what you've done so far and all the accolades and championships you won, which is super impressive. Like I said, though, I wish the internet would be more honest and update its facts more, more frequently. But um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of all the stuff you've done so far, and how in eight very short years, really, because eight-year wrestling career is not that long. No. You're really just at the tip of the iceberg. You haven't even reached your peak. Mm-hmm. In terms of what you've done now, and it seems you're very proud of, What's the next step for Kobe Durst? Where what what are we jumping into? Is 2019 where we kick it up even further, or are we waiting for something big? Well, what's crazy about 2019 is like with um, AEW opening up, with um, you know um, TNA, um, you know signing like Canadian talent, 
uh, well, like, um, especially like Ethan Page and Josh, like that I'm very close with. Yeah, and um, genuinely getting better with their programming and storytelling, and, yeah, and exactly. moving away from the Dixie Carter era, and, and, and all with, that. with 205 Live and and yeah. um, the UK Classic and all these different things. Yeah, and NXT, thing, and yeah. Diego, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with with all this stuff, um, it's just an amazing time to be a wrestler in general. So for me, um, it's just about continuing to do what I'm doing. Um, I have really good independent wrestling companies that I'm working with here in Canada and Destiny Wrestling and Alpha One Wrestling and C4 Wrestling. Um, and even ones that, like, that we haven't mentioned, like um, I just wrestled for like Barry Wrestling. Um, I've wrestled for um, Super Kicked lately. Um, I've been wrestling for... Um, I'm going to wrestle for Pro Wrestling Ontario soon. Courage Pro Wrestling I just became the champion of. I just won um, the PWA Championship. Um, yeah, congrats. Congrats. you should have just brought all this gold with yeah, you. Should, you should, should have brought it. All, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so there's all these cool Canadian companies that I'm working for. And then, like, this weekend, um, Friday, I'm going to wrestle for Freelance Wrestling um, against uh, Chris Chambers and Elliot Paul. Um, and then um, Saturday, I'm wrestling for Black Label Pro. Um, Whoop, there it is. Um, <laughs> uh, and so I get to team with Ethan Page at that show, which is going to be very cool. Um, and then, um, like, at the end of the month, I'm wrestling for Glory Pro down in um, Indiana, but, like, almost St. Louis. Um, got you. Got yeah. you. So, a little bit south, but not the deep south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not quite the deep south. Um, well, you know what, then, we got, we actually do have some fans up in Missouri and Indiana, so they're probably hearing this, and they're probably looking forward to that. Oh, perfect. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so with all these um, different companies that I'm working with, um, and I'm getting the opportunity to work with, like... Uh, like um, at Alpha One, I've worked with Sammy Callahan. I'm going to work with um, Scott Steiner coming up, um, and like working with like Beyond Wrestling's Chris Dickinson, and uh, like a Greek Town Wrestling. I'm going to wrestle uh, DJ Zima Ion. Um, so just getting the opportunity to wrestle so many good people. Um, one, you can't help but get better, um, and somebody's bound to notice eventually. Of course, that's how I figure. We did. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. we did. We we were always interested in who we could get on the show next, and we actually had a great sit down with Jeffrey Cole from Shooting the Indies. Okay, and yes. he was kind of we were having a powwow after, and we were like, you know, this is who we're going at. He's like, well, have you thought about going at these guys? And you were definitely on our radar when he told us you were you were actually in the same city as us. We were like, this makes things super easy. We can actually call him and hit him up. Yeah, I actually um, like I I moved like a little less than a year ago. Um, from where I was, I actually used to live like literally like a minute or two from here. Oh, I wish I would have known that. Yeah, very funny. Yeah. Oh, it's just ruined the whole thing. Oh, no. <laughs> um, were we like two weeks into our podcast at that point? Yeah, probably. <laughs> we've only been we've only been at this for a year and a half, right? Yeah, so, so, so it, it probably wouldn't uh, wouldn't work out back then. But no, honestly, I'm only like ten minutes now. But. Well, and also 2019's been great because now you're you're on Straight Talk Wrestling. This is huge for you, right? This is like awesome. Well, one thing I will say about 2019 is, like, I've been on Straight Talk Wrestling. I did um, It's Time to Fight podcast with uh, Matt Terry, who's the Alpha One Wrestling um, ring announcer. Um, and I've done a couple other podcasts, too. So um, I've, I've really been trying to, to... 
Um, just promote yourself more and more and yeah, more. Yeah, promote myself, create different content that isn't yeah, just... But what's your favorite, right? Oh, I, I, this is the first one that I've actually traveled to. I'll say that. So All right. I'll take, awesome. yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. We got him to come to us. In studio, yeah. <laughs> so, in terms of all, like, you're wrestling with some great talent, you're wrestling with talent that's signed to other promotions, like you said, somebody's bound to notice. In terms of some of those promotions where you're... You may be on the radar, you may not be. If you ever get an opportunity to work with any of the big, big, big promotions, we're talking like WWE, TNA, we're talking like AEW, if you, that, any of those doors ever open, yeah. who would you, it doesn't matter which promotion, but who, which out of all those promotions with all the great talent that they have, who would you love to run a program with? Who would be that dream opponent? I think... Pharaoh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if we're talking just, I, I could just pick anybody. Anybody from those promotions. I think I would like to eventually run a program with Kenny Omega, just and and really run the 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 Canadian like, you know, we started here and, and building up, and obviously he's he's huge right now. Like, a, give me a couple of years, I'll I'll bulk up to him. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think uh, like a rivalry with, with Kenny Omega would be amazing. One thing I will say though is. I have no interest in living and wrestling in Japan. So not, you would, you would not, no interest. Like, if, if, if a Japanese company said, hey, Kobe, come over, of course I'm going to go, but I'm going to dread every second of it. Like, I'm not going to have fun in Japan. Really? Really. You don't think you would? There's no, there's no weed in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kenny, Kenny Omega, for sure. That would, that would be a killer program. That would, that would absolutely be a killer program. So in terms of, see, one of the things that's interesting is that we actually did an episode a while back called F the Revival. Okay. Which was pretty much an episode about uh, one side being How very much... Revival is. No, that wasn't, shut up, let's not start it again. That was, uh, it was an entire episode on how great they are. Uh, in my opinion, I do. I think they're very underrated, and that we actually recorded that before they became the tag team champions. But the episode was more about the build to uh, a match, like the rivalry build, the promotion build... As opposed to the culmination. Yeah. One of us prefers the build. I'm not mentioning names or pointing in any direction. One of us prefers the They'll culmination. Yeah, they will see it. Right They'll there. See. <laughs> so, They'll one see. of us prefers the build. One of us prefers the culmination, the final point. And in indie wrestling, there isn't really a chance for much of a build. It's like, this is the card. This is who you're fighting. You really only have the culmination. You only have that match to kind of tear the house down. Yeah. So, when you only have that moment... That really that one that one match for that one particular storyline or that one title fight. Mm-hmm. Is there that extra notch you go into, like that extra set of adrenaline that kicks in, where you're like, okay, I gotta take this one to the next level? Because there was no build. There was no promos back and forth. It was just boom, here's the match, go. Uh, I'll say this. If if the match feels big to me, um, then, then I'll approach it big. Like whether whether there's like a, a, a large build up or not to it, if if I feel like like that audience is expecting a big fight feel and and, and they're they're ready for it, yeah. Um, then yeah, I really do kind of go into a different mode. And people like um, you, you'll kind of see me like kind of pacing back and forth in the, in the back and like hitting myself and like talking to myself and psyching myself up. If it's like a really big. Um, like if I'm about to do some really crazy shit, that I'm I'm really I'll really psych myself up. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, if if it's more of a light feel, if it's like kind of a family vibe and everyone's just there to have fun and kick back and laugh, um, 
uh, I, I absolutely, I'll take it seriously, but I, I definitely approach it with a little bit more of a light tone sometimes. Right. Yeah. And is there sometimes when you go to a venue and you're not sure, maybe it's your first time at that venue or first time wrestling with that promotion, yeah. where you're not sure what the crowd's like or what, what the atmosphere's like, and you walk out, you start the match, and as the match goes, the crowd's really into it, you start hearing the chants, you start hearing the, you know, those heckle fans that'll just be like, eh, those guys talking smack, and then... Do you find yourself as as that atmosphere kind of comes into you that maybe you started the match at a light tone, then when the atmosphere starts coming in and people are start getting really into the match, do you find that adrenaline keeps pumping even harder to kind of make that match? The first half might have been light, but now the second half you're like, all right, these guys are really into it. They want to see something cool. Let's kick it up a notch. Yeah, if 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 the crowd's really kind of like vibing with me and and um, having a good time with me. Um, I'll definitely kind of take take my time a little bit more. Um, I love interacting with people. Like, um, e- even more, like, you wouldn't know it based on the, the crazy stuff that I do. Um, but I'll, I'll um, for me personally, if I'm watching a video, I'll get more of a reaction from, from a, like, I, I'll laugh harder um, at, like, a, a witty banter between a fan and a wrestler um, than I would enjoy, like, a crazy bump. Really? Yeah, so something like that is. So if if a fan can, um, just there was a there. I know what you're talking about. There was a moment where uh, Shane, Shane Strickland, time. Big Mike, they had a sure. moment where they were they were smashing each other, and I went to uh, Shane. He threw Big Mike off the rope, and then he went and gave him a clothesline. It did nothing to him. And then like the guy in the crowd, he was like, "Give him one more." And then Shane was like, "Do you really think that one more is really going to do anything to him?" And yeah. then everyone just started laughing. Exactly. So I know exactly little, what you mean. Little man. banter like that. Or, or when really... they had the um, there's this really really short guy in <laughs> the tag team. Yeah. <laughs> and booster seat. They were yelling booster seat. And at first he didn't acknowledge it. Then he got in the ring. He goes, "Hey, everybody, shut up! I don't need a booster seat." And then one guy stood up. He's like, "Stilts!" <laughs> and everybody just went like moments like that for sure. Definitely. I, I and I think the great thing about that being in an indie setting is that instead of ten thousand people with the ring twelve feet away from the very first row of audience, you literally have the fans like at Desti shows. You literally have the fans not even ten inches away. From yeah. the ring apron. They, There's they really not much. They're going to tell you. Nothing's going to stop them. Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, you could try to tune it out, but because they're right there, you can't help. Has there ever been a moment, I guess, where a fan has either heckled you or like gone crazy over you to a point where it's been like, I'm not going to read into it, but now I got to turn around and I got to just give this guy a look or I got to, you know, flip him the bird or something. Has there ever been a moment where fans push you too far? Or even like back in the day with you that learned that like that was the, that was like one of the tougher, yeah. tougher things to get over? No, there's never been, I've never been pushed too far by a fan um, personally. There was one time um, I would have been probably 17 at the time. So we're talking two years in at this point. For yeah, you. yeah, two years in. I wasn't even on the show. I drove up to see if we were wrestling just to, like, try to get on. Um, I was with Fight or Flight, uh, Von Vertigo and Gabriel Fuerza. Um, and we just were doing security for the show. And I, I don't remember what the match was, but Twiggy was the main event. Um, if, if you guys are familiar with Twiggy, he was, like, a pretty pretty popular. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, perfect. Um, and some lady threw her drink at him. Um, oh. Yeah, they they were yelling and she just threw her drink at him and he stormed over to me. Um, and it's funny thinking about it now because like me and Twiggy are pretty good friends and he like managed me in C four for a little bit. Um, but he stormed over to me and I'm 16 years old, I'm 17 years old. Um, and he grabs me and he's like, "What the hell? Am we even pay you for throw that lady out?" And he was being absolutely serious. He was pissed. 
Um, and he, like, grabbing me, shaking me. And I'm 16 years old, and I'm like, screw you. Like, she's on the other side of the building. There's so many different security. Why did you just come and grab me? Like, is it just because I'm my kid? Like, that's what I'm, like, yeah. <laughs> Did you grab me because I'm the smallest dude here? Like, what's your problem? Yeah, what? You're like, I, you're, you're Twiggy, so you're going you're gonna to come and pick on the youngest security guard you have and tell him to throw this grown lady out of the building and for throwing her drink? Like, come on. And went to the other side of the building where yeah. the actual thing happened Literally, to yell like, at me about it. They're, they're across, <laughs> like, hard camp side, and he comes over to hard camp to yell at me. Yeah. Um, and honestly, thinking back, maybe he was working it. Maybe maybe he was just typing it up for the crowd. Maybe. <laughs> I, at the time, I definitely... And maybe he wasn't. But at the time, I was definitely pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I mean. I, yeah. I was thinking about yeah, But that. the lady like, did eventually get kicked out. So. <laughs> so he got his car right at the end of the day. He got it. Yeah, yeah he got it. <laughs> and she got her... Yeah. So, uh, in terms of going back to, that, I guess, that moment with the fans and stuff like that, that's something that you really can't learn unless you're at the shows, unless you're performing. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess one of the things you probably learned from guys like Ethan and guys like Josh, and as you were coming up with those guys, and I even asked Aiden Prince the same question when I interviewed him, it was like, how do you tune it out? And he said to me, he just focuses on everything else that's going on, as in who he's fighting across the ring from, what his next move is. He hears them. He'll snicker, he'll laugh, but he'll move on. True. So is it the same thing for you? Do you just stay focused in the moment, in the match? Or do you just tune it out altogether? Because um, some can. Some can just completely shut off all the noise and just focus on the guy they're facing right across the ring. And some just have to focus on the work within the ring to distract themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the beginning of the match, um, I find that like, the match is it's just getting started. Everything's light. Um, usually you're just wrestling. Like There, there hasn't really been any strikes yet. Um, you're probably not mad at your opponent, like you guys are just sort of starting out. Yeah, engaging and really you're like engaging. you're you're working the crowd at that point. Yeah, See what so they want, how what kind of pace they're looking for, you exactly. know, all that stuff. So at that point I think you go ahead, interact with the crowd, you can be funny with them, you can talk or whatever. But um if if like if John Cena's just run his hot comeback, he, he just he did his big thing, he's hitting his five knuckle shuffle, and he stops to like make a joke with the guy in the first row, it kind of it, it, it ruins like like you're in you're you're at the end of the match like yeah it's killing the big, story yeah What's big moves have happened at this point it's not time to joke yeah there's time to joke and then there's time not to yeah you stop the story to uh, the hero's coming back to go and talk to a fan yeah like, that's not and how like, you're supposed to some do matches that. are like that like there's comedy wrestling go ahead yeah. and talk to the fans exactly go nuts but but no like if you're having like a serious match and you're like into the like. Your false finish sequences and things like that. You yeah. don't want to be joking. Yeah. Yeah. You want to keep to the story. Exactly. Exactly. So how do you find yourself keeping to the story sometimes? Because the noise from the crowd's got to get through sometimes. Sometimes the heckling's got to get through. What does Kobe Durst do to stay focused? Sometimes I would say I, I kind of go into a little bit of like a trance. I would say like um um if, if you ever see like like the the, the pictures of me like when. It, when I'm wrestling, like usually have like a like this like crazy look on my face, or whatever. So I, I honestly don't even see them, and because I don't have my glasses on, I, I really like like it doesn't like I can hear them, but I, I really can't see that great. So, so sometimes so if you can't put a, notice, if you can't put a face to the voice, you can just tune it out, tune out all that noise. Yeah, and and honestly, I if if like big moves are happening, ideally everybody's up and making noise, so one person screaming something isn't isn't gonna really affect you. But, yeah, like, I mean, it, sometimes, like, Bernadette can be, like, really, like, if you've ever been to, like, a Smash show. 
haven't, haven't had a chance to go to yet. No, yeah, there's, like, there's some fans that can be pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> well, even at the Destiny shows, there's some fans that, like, I had this one guy sit behind me at the pay-per-view, the whole, at the Ritual pay-per-view, yeah. the whole, your whole match facing OB, OBE. Mm -hmm. um, your guy's whole match, everything you and Aiden did, whatever you did, you would be like, open your styles. Aiden styles. And I just, I, ha I had to look over behind me. I'd be like, all right, dude, I get it. Everything styles. But can we just tone it down so I can enjoy the match? He was just yelling out Styles behind everything. He'd be like, AJ Styles. Yeah. He'd be like, George, George the Iceman Styles. And it's just sure. like, it's like, and, and at one point, even his friend turned to him. Friends like, dude, a lot of people don't like it. Please stop. His own friend had to tell him to stop. Has that ever been a conversation in the locker room amongst the guys like that kind of, or, or yourself, like that kind of thought process of, of like, okay, man, there's a point of, you, I get it. You want to do your chant. You want to do like your my chants better than yours. Clap, 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 and like all that. But like then there's a point where, okay, now you're taking away from his. Is that actually a thing go amongst the wrestlers where it kind of feels like, okay, you guys are really genuinely kind of taking away from the match right now. I get it. You're you're chanting a little bit. Let's keep it to as minimal as we can to like give it to actually like you know to the people that are actually in the ring trying. Or to do the wrestlers as you're out as you're going out there and everyone takes their turn. Do the wrestlers go? The next guy coming up the ring is like, hey, watch out for the third dude in the third row. Yeah, he's he's a real he's the real heckler of the night. Like, and obviously you give each other that little heads up because we're, I'm not looking I'm not looking here at all to like okay I want you to sit here and bash fans in any way because that's not no, the case. Sure. It's really just a genuine question. Of, I was yeah. just always curious about that. Um, sometimes uh, like especially if you, if you're the main event, you've probably been watching the show and yeah. you've probably seen these guys kind of going and, and you see them they start getting carried away. Yeah, they just have too many drinks and they're just having fun. Like they're not right on. They're not trying to ruin the show. Um. But in, in interacting with the fans and stuff like that, if one guy has been pissing everybody off all night, if yeah. a wrestler can pick up on that and give that fan a hard time specifically, um, not focus the match on him, yeah, but yeah. maybe you're brawling on the outside, the fan says something, and you just turn to him and you say, why don't you shut the hell up and, yeah. and have another drink so the rest of us can enjoy the show? Or you know, yeah. Something silly like that. Or, or, you just like, gotta pick that moment where you can yeah, kind of put you that fan that in. Moment. Like, check yeah. that fan, if you will. Yeah, check and it. everybody kind yeah. of... Oh! And it's almost yeah. a rule reversal where now you've given... Now it's audible for everybody to hear it. Yeah, and now everyone's laughing him. now. Yeah. And now they're all booing him. Yeah, exactly. that's awesome. Yeah, or not, not booing him anymore, but now they're actually getting a laugh out of him. Yeah, they're able to laugh at him because he's making an ass of himself all night. So, in terms of... you actually mentioned something that's interesting because when we interviewed Josh Alexander I asked him to give me a chop he wouldn't do it on camera he wouldn't do it on air he said he'd do it behind closed doors sure. we actually never had the time but you said you wrestled Josh going on about 10 or 10 or 11 times now yeah yeah how hard is the Josh Alexander chop because when he hits it man he hits it you can hear a pin drop yeah because fans want to hear that you know? You literally felt like your chest cave in from that. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> there's a lot of pictures, too. Um, when you take a chop, you're supposed to just take a chop. There's a lot of pictures of, of him chopping me, and I'm just like, oh, come on, like, yeah. And, and I'm literally trying to cover up, and it's, you, you should you should just take it like a man, but sometimes yeah. it's hard, but he's hit you so many times. Yeah. Um, but the thing about him is he wants you to hit him back just as hard. Yeah, he'll get mad at you if you. He'll hit you harder if you don't hit him hard. He literally looks like he's the embodiment of that kind of Bob Holly chop, the yeah. Bob Holly mentality of like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna hit you, then like seriously, I'll actually be offended if you don't hit me back the same way, if not harder. Yeah, um, our the the first like one on one match I ever had with Josh was um, it was before an Alpha One show. They they used to run Beta Pro. 
If anyone's a werewolf fan out there, we get the marker. Clever play, Alpha. And so the the they only ran two Beta Pro shows, um, and on the first one I wrestled Josh, and honestly it might even be on YouTube, but you'll see him just beat the shit out of me. I couldn't fight back. It wasn't that I couldn't. I didn't really know how. Um, I never like been in a match with somebody who was just so good and who who like you know like fought back. Um, so after that match. Um, I, I went to honestly I went to Crossbody um, Wrestling Academy in um, Kitchener um, or uh, Cambridge. It yeah. really is the same. Yeah, it's okay. Kitchener, yeah. Cambridge, Cambridge, Waterloo was yeah. all literally yeah. ten minutes from each other. That's right. It's You're all, good. Cool. Yeah. So there. Um, and I and I would really work on my strikes and try to work on my aggression. Um, and just like and, and on my own time I was working on getting into better shape and things like that. Um, so like if you, if you watch that match. And then a few years later, you watch the Iron Man number two with me and Josh. It's it's night and day all of like the, the two guys fighting each other. Yeah. So you basically from that first match, you took the notes, you went home, you studied, uh-huh. you worked on what you needed to work on, and then the next time you stepped in the ring, you were like, "This isn't going to be like the last time." No, I've evolved. So if anything, at that point, to play on words, you're going to like this. You went from beta. To help. There it is. That was exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> and your aggression became ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Segway. I like it. Bravo. Bravo. I've been thinking about that for the last five minutes now. Ruthless aggression. I like it. I like it. John Cena style. So, in terms of all the guys you've wrestled with in the indie so far, and everybody that you've faced, who would you say is your favorite to step into the ring with. We asked you who you'd like to work with in the indies. Yeah. But who's your favorite? I mean, we've heard you talk about Josh and how candid and how much you love sure. fighting Josh. But out of let's let's take Josh off the table for a second. Yeah. Let's take Ethan Page off the table sure. for a second. All the other cats you've wrestled against in the indies or even with, yeah. who's your favorite dance partner that you have right now? One um, guy if you're on the car with him, you're like, yes, this is gonna be a five star across the board. Someone who I just love to to wrestle all the time. Honestly, um Someone who I, who I would like to just like put in the car with me and, and travel around and, and oh this is our match everybody um, I would say Shane Saber um, okay. yeah uh, and he's someone who's about as broke out as I am you know kind of on the cusp he's been wrestling about the same amount of time we're, com- we're from the same school um, and I, I think he's underrated um, and he's doing his, his tag team thing with um, the Space Pirates him and Space Monkey um but no, he's somebody who's very solid in the ring. Everything he does is super technical, technically sound. Um, just like a smart guy to, to like. So his wrestling he, IQ he is really good. He understands an audience. Um, he's also he's just like a fun person to, to talk to and, and, and to joke with and, and not stressful. Some people, it's very stressful when you're putting together a match. Right. And you're, you're pacing back and forth and you got the butterflies and you're like, oh my goodness, I feel so sick. Other to other people, it's just so easy. Everything flows. It's very nice. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that, that he's someone who I, who I would like to wrestle all the time, everywhere. All right, cool. Yeah. And in terms of because you, you know it seems like you travel, you know Kingston, we're talking Montreal and stuff like that. Yeah. What's the one thing about the road, like being on the road traveling these shows, that you love? Let's say maybe it's the food that you get to experience. Sometimes when you're on the road, you find one of those greasy spoons, hole-in-the-wall diners. You go in there, and you literally have the best cheesesteak you've ever had in your life. Yeah. Or is it just the people you meet? 
I love driving. Can I, honestly, I like being in the car. Um, I I find it's a it's a fun intimate setting. Um, whether whether you have to just you you and like one other person, whether you have the the back seat full. But when you have a car full of people and you're going eight hours somewhere, you're you're really gonna you're you're gonna bond with these people. Like you're you're gonna listen to the same podcast. I mean, obviously, you can put your headphones in and kind of be like a, a jerk or, or whatever. So the next road trip, you're going to be listening to the Straight Talk Wrestling Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like, no, I'm not talking to anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine, though, dude, it's a great chance for a great business meeting where you really, like, you're sitting in the car and you just have nothing but time, like, especially if you're sitting in the car with somebody like Josh, or especially yeah. if you're sitting in the car with somebody else who's just so... It, it, like you just seem like that kind of rambunctious person about the business that just really loves the business. You love everything it encompasses, and so therefore having another mind in the car with you, to be able to kind of sit there the way like Sean and Triple H used to talk about, like being in the car and talking like forever in a day, all the way to the next show or whatever the case. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be about wrestling, sure. but it's just always just like having that great person to connect with while you're in the car. Yeah, having somebody to to talk to and and kind of bounce ideas off of, yeah. and, and laugh and and. Honestly, just like share your life with, like, hey man, like, how's how's your wife been? Like yeah. <laughs> things like that. Um, it's it's fun. Um, so that's that's one thing that, that I just love about like like traveling and being on the road. Um, it's who you share the road with. Yeah, but I I, I really I like the setting of a car. If, if I'm be like like yeah yeah no I get it. It's it's different like than than um than going over to somebody's house and and sitting with them like I, I really just enjoy traveling with people we should have done the interview in the car yeah we probably should have just drove around <laughs> really yeah, that would have been really fun well, I remember that place I used to eat there yeah that's, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my favorite Tim Hortons there's yeah, like 27 cool. in a one square block but that one there that's my favorite and there's always there's that's always my gonna favorite be something to talk about you're, you're always gonna see something on the side of the road yeah. you're always gonna see a funny car you're gonna have to stop and, and, and get something there's always so always something's happening. You guys play lights, display bingo, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, life is just, it, it's, not, it's honestly, it's so crazy in, in general that I would imagine it's also like a lot of freedom just to be able to sit there because I've been just playing playing a band myself that like going out to doing tours and doing things like that, mm. that it's like that's my favorite part of it whereas it's just kind of a, a different kind of answer because most people... They hate the drives. No, I it's know. literally like that is the. It's literally like talking to an editor and being like, "I love editing," and being like, "Um, actually, about ninety nine point nine percent of these people hate this." So, like, that's that's why to me, I find that in, I find that answer actually rather rather refreshing because yeah. most people they don't like the drives. No, that's what everybody hates. I, yeah. And I'll say this: I, I think I'm gonna like. I think I'm car sized. I'm pretty comfortable in a car. You could be the guy in the middle between the really two big guys. Yeah, and or I you guess. could be the guy they shove in the trunk. And honestly, and I'll sleep like a baby between these two big guys. <laughs> oh, 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 snuggle, drool going right yeah. down at Josh's shoulder. Like no, dude. Most people that hate the trunk. He loves the trunk. Just, thr- oh. just let him go. He likes the back guys. Just put him in the back. Yeah. Just. <laughs> So in, in terms of, uh, I guess, one other question, one other thing we like to do at the end of almost all our interviews, which this has been a really great interview. Thank you again for taking the time out for us. Um, we always like to play a little game of what I like to call word association. Sure. We're going to throw out current wrestlers, could be indie, could be WWE, could be AEW, and we're going to ask you the first word that pops into your head. And don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. Just first word pops in your head. Okay. Are you ready? We'll do right. one test run, and then we'll go into it. Yep. Okay, here we go. Test run. Josh Alexander. Strong style. Okay, there you go. So now you've done it. That's how we do it. Okay. Ready to go? This is official. Yeah, I'm with it. All right, Triple H. Shit. Okay. 
That's a bad one. That's, yeah. All right, that's, that's not that's actually his answer. That's, that's not Triple H. Have you ever listened yeah. to this? Shit. Not, not his <laughs> so what do you think of Triple H? Well, shit. Yeah. Shit. Actually, let's try again. Try again. Okay, there we go. Right? No, I'll I'll take away Triple H. Take him off the table. All right, he's off. Let's try. Okay, let's try Cody. Cody Rhodes. America. Okay, I got one. Hunter Hearst Helmsley. (laughs) Teacup. All right. Um. uh, Ooh. Okay. Uh, This is a good one. Ethan Page. Action figure. Okay. Um, (laughs) He does actually. Aiden Aiden Prince. RJ City. Seth Rollins. Seth Broken. Roman Reigns. Rain. <laughs> <laughs> the Revival. Revolver. <laughs> and the final one, I guess we'll throw, we'll throw out, let's throw out a chick for safety's sake. Asuka. Ask him. Ask him. Yeah, I'm not good at this guy. So. <laughs> All right, well that's that's our that's our word association yeah, today with uh, great, with Kobe Dirt. So you get awesome. Pretty complicated brain. <laughs> All right, and uh, weirdos make the most money in the world. Remember that. And my final question: We're going to get a little serious for a second before we wrap this up. If there's a young kid out there who's watched one of your matches and listening to you and listening to how much you love the business, and he himself or she herself is thinking about getting into this thing. What's the one piece of advice you would like to give an up-and-comer? Just really think about your options. And what do you mean by that? By that I mean wrestling is fantastic and it's wonderful, but it's very, very tough. And it's a, it's a, it's a tough road. It's a tough grind. You're, you're, you're going to have a hard time making friends. You're going to have a hard time you know, keeping jobs or relationships or things like that. Um, but if you really love it, you'll, you'll stick to it. But... You have to really be passionate about it. So just really, really know yourself. And, and if you really want to do it, do it. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great answer. That's the typical answer that we've gotten, and that's the greatest answer that we can ask for. Sure. Again, Kobe, Kobe Darius, thank you so much for hanging out with Stay in Straight Talk Studios. You are welcome back anytime, sir. Anytime you want to come back. Anytime you want to shoot the shit. You can call us. Whatever. It's all good. Anytime you want to come back. Well, You're always welcome. Right? To, we yeah, we'll definitely have to have like reunions every so often. Yeah, absolutely. So close. No, we'll hit you right. back up in a year. We'll see. We'll see how the Kobe Durst train is moving in a year from now. What yeah, you absolutely. And right. what what a funny time it would be if I'm just doing terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's bring it back in a year, and it's like, guys, I'm sorry, but he's I lost all my nothing belts. Of what he Nobody said he was going to a year anymore. ago. My back <laughs> it's like hurts. Hulk Hogan before he hit. Before he hit, like after post rubber tan. Yeah. All that stuff going down. Yeah. Like Slater in that episode of Safe by the Bell where he's overweight looking like a fat, like Dan Hogan. <laughs> Amazing. All right, Kobe. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out with us today. We appreciate it. Guys, don't forget to tune in next week. we got another great show coming at you. It'll be amazing. As always, I'm your host, George McKay. I'm Steve the Animal Mitchell. And we will see you guys next time. Take it easy. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling!